Hello, listeners. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and this is a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx. Today, my guest, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and I talk about celebrity etiquette, uh, queer advocacy, and marriage equality, and we swap some stories from our sordid nights in Provincetown. <laughs> Those Provincetown nights. Thank you. So, Sink your teeth in and hunker down for some new hijinks. Forever. Dog. Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag star, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by an award-winning actor who has spent years on your TVs at home and has graced many Broadway stages and is also a famous ginger. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> did I do it right? <laughs> you did it great. Thank you. <laughs> well, first of all, how are you doing? It's been ages. <laughs> it's been ages. I can tell you the last time I saw you in person was in Provincetown, probably at that tea dance. And I think you were dressed like Joan Crawford. Betty Davis, but so close. <laughs> Betty Davis, Betty Davis. Oh, God, how embarrassing. Um, oh, you remember this. Uh, it's been so good. I was, I, I'm so excited to, um, to sit down and talk to you. Um, I do remember that, um, that outing in Provincetown. Um, I can't, I think I must have had like eight vodkas in me by the time we were bopping around with your with your gaggle and we, yeah. I, I was fully dressed as Betty Davis from a shoot I had done earlier that day and then what show did we see that night Varla I think we saw Varla <laughs> I think we saw Varla which I had never seen before so I was yeah that's right we, we, we went to that together I did you go to Provincetown this past year were you able no. to go no, no. um yeah, it didn't. It did not pan out. Get it? Um, <laughs> oh God! I think we're we're there right now that we can we can make jokes about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I'm I'm I, I miss it desperately. I I was planning on going last oh, two summers ago, and then everything fell through. And then I just I just miss it so much. It's one of the most special places in the world. I think. it's one of those um it's one of those rare places where the LGBTQ community outweigh the straight community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't happen in very yeah. many places. Um, <laughs> Portland, Oregon is, has the spirit of a community where um, the queers run the city, even though we, we are outnumbered here. But <laughs> <laughs> The spirit is there. Um. We have so much to talk about, but I want to start by talking about the first time we ever met in person. Um, that was uh, really, that was a whirlwind year for me because I think I met Joan Rivers and Sally Jesse Raphael and you and your your dapper, charming husband, Justin, <laughs> all like within weeks of each other. And I was like, it was one of those moments where I was like, what has become of my life? <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you like slay on RuPaul's Drag Race and become an international <laughs> star. People are going to fall at your feet. Uh, but it was like it was people I never dreamed of like crossing path with. Uh, uh, because when you when you start drag at age fifteen, working in the bars, slumming it for like a solid decade, and the yeah. most famous person you've met is Lady Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> um then then one day you're just randomly you know like cro- uh, crossing Joan Rivers in the in the <laughs> the bathroom hallway of the Lori Beachman theater insane <laughs> and just to and just to sort of counter program you know how exciting it was 
for, for me to meet you. Um, we did it, we, I met you for the first time in the, the toilet, in the bathroom that you were using <laughs> as your dressing room. That is the star's dressing room at the Lurie Beachman Theater. <laughs> and it was also, um, you know, we we had so many high profile guests of honor um, coming through that um, it was the only space we had to do private meet and greets was in that bathroom. So it was like, That's hello, right. you star of stage and screen, please come into my bathroom and meet me in my underwear. <laughs> and the only place for you to sit was on the toilet. I I was holding court, you know, I was on the throne. Um, So you have been in the industry for quite some time. Uh, Do you have a moment like that, like early on in your career where you're like, I can't believe I'm meeting these people. I can't believe this is my life. Do you remember a pinpoint moment like that? Absolutely. I mean, I got my equity card, my first professional job when I was 21 years old um, and on the town which ran in Central Park as part of the New York Shakespeare Festival. Um, And then it ended up transferring to Broadway, but a lot of really fancy people came to see On the Town in the Park. Um, Betty Comden and Adolph Green, the lyricists who wrote On the Town and also were like singing in the rain and, you know, they're Hollywood icons. Um, They've since passed away, but they were still around at that point. So they would come to see the show you know, every night in the park and they would receive entrance applause when they walked into the theater every <laughs> night from the from the audience who knew who they were. They're such, you know, icons of the musical theater world. Um, but because of them, I feel like all these like really incredible stars came out of the woodwork. I remember Lauren Bacall coming to see this, our opening night and I got to take a photo with her. And I was like, this is a Hollywood legend. I cannot believe she's watching me do outdoor theater. <laughs> <laughs> it was really astonishing. Um, and since then, I've become I've become disappointingly jaded. And it's honestly, I the people I get excited to meet now, I, I do love meeting drag queens because I'm such a fan of, of what you do and your art. And like, you know, um, to me, you guys are superstars. So like, I always get excited when I meet drag queens and also chefs are like my <laughs> two... And, and and sometimes political figures as well. I got to meet Pete Buttigieg and and Chastin, his husband, and that was that was very exciting for me. But you know, I'm I'm a, I've become a little like jaded and a little used to like just meeting famous people, and it's like I have to remind myself like I have to put myself back in that bathroom and meet, meeting you for the first time to like get excited again. <laughs> I I mean I can relate. I'm sure on a much smaller scale, but there is. Um, I mean. My assistant was always saying throughout the years, like, you have to meet these people like peers, not like a fan, because then they'll just think of you as a fan, even though you're meeting them in like a colleague setting. But I couldn't help it, you know, like (laughs) I was like, I might never get this opportunity to gush over this person again. So now my M.O. is to get all the gushing out of the way and then just act like completely like nonplussed for the rest of the interactions. (laughs) That's exactly that's exactly what I did. And in fact, the last time I really geeked out over someone. Well, there's two instances. One of them is I sat next to Angela Lansbury at at, uh, a play. And so when intermission came, I needed to go to the bathroom so bad. I was like, <laughs> I am not going to give up my 10 minutes with Angela Lansbury. So I just, I, I bent her ear the entire 10 minutes. I think she was actually like, you can go to the restroom and leave me alone now. But, um, <laughs> the other person uh, I met, I met Adele um, at, uh, at, a, at a Super Bowl party. <laughs> and I just was like, you have got, you've got to say hi to her. She's my number one my number one for sure. And so I, I, I was like, I went up to her. She was very friendly. Um, and I just said, I have to get this out of the way. And I absolutely gushed to her. And then I was like, and now I, I can be a normal person. And we ended up having a really lovely time and, you know, exchanged numbers. And she's actually super cool. But like, I was so nervous to say hello to her. And I did exactly that. I just had to gush. I had to, when, when am I ever going to get that opportunity again? So it, that story kind of reminds me of the time I met Rupert Grint, who came with his girlfriend and sister um, and were in the audience of a touring show I was doing. And I heard he was there. I didn't fully believe it. So to test if he was there, I was on the microphone doing my bit in the show. And I basically, you know, said, Rupert Grint to the stage, Rupert Grint to my dressing room. Rupert Grant, please come fuck me backstage. (laughs) And surprisingly enough, it worked. He came back. 
And I thought we'd take like a picture together and he'd want to get the hell out of it. He was with us for two hours, all these drag queens um, cutting up after the show, smoking cigarettes, drinking booze with Rupert Grint. And he was the nicest person ever. Um, He kind of had that Virgo energy of like, um, I'm going to I don't know if he's a Virgo, but um, he did everything we asked because I think he was just so scared of anyone being like, Rupert Grint would let me smell his armpit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Super sweet. But yeah, it is, it's, it's the funny, it's the funny, um, the funny thing of this business is that like we get to meet celebrities, but what, how are we supposed to act? You know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Obviously, most of my listeners are going to be um, very familiar with you from the show Modern Family, which you were on for a decade. And that's a big thing in the TV world to be on for 10 years. You know, most most shows make it to about five seasons before they start to get old. I watched from start to finish. I was a huge Modern Family fan. Um... What was it like being such an early representation of a queer person on television that wasn't just a caricature, you know, rattling off catchphrases? You you depicted um, you depicted uh, a queer person in a monogamous relationship raising a child in the suburbs. I don't think we had had that story before. Yeah, it's interesting because when we started it, it felt very revolutionary and very, you know, new. And it's kind of refreshing that now, like, if you tried to do that, you'd be like, oh, I've, I've seen it. It's not quite so interesting anymore. And, like, that's a good thing, I think, you know. Um, but, you know, I grew up um, gay in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I, you know, never saw anyone on television that was aspirational um, in the LGBTQ space. Um you know, I never recognized myself in any of these characters that I saw on TV. And I certainly, you know, recognized when there was gay characters, but I did not see any sort of, I never saw any of myself in those people. And so I love that Cam and Mitch on, on Modern Family could be that aspirational couple for, you know, for kids. And you could see, I can, I can get married and be in a committed relationship and have, have a family and um, still have the same struggles that, all new parents have. And that's what I also really loved is that so many parents related to those characters just because of the common ground of raising kids. And, you know, they remember what it was like to ferberize their baby or, you know, (laughs) they, 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 I love it when straight couples would come up to us and be like, you know, what wives would say, my husband is such a cam or I'm such a Mitch. And like, (laughs) they related to these characters as, as, characters and not because they were gay it's like we were universal to them and that was really exciting and also to be you know for a lot of people maybe the first gay people that they they knew or you know that we were in their living rooms and um I know that a lot of kids were able to have conversations with their parents about coming out because we were a point of reference for them which is just really cool and something that you you know, never expect from a career, you know, as an actor, I I just want to get a job. And if it's good, that's one thing. And if people like it, that's another thing. But then to have social ramifications on top of that is just really, truly such a a privilege, really. Um, It was very cool. I have to agree. Like, you know, um, Drag Race is a competition show amongst drag queens. It's uh, (laughs) everything you'd expect from such a thing. But what really feels like um, an added bonus is when um, young people tell me they were able to have conversations with their parents, not just about maybe their sexual orientation, but their gender identity, um, because their parents are a fan of drag race. And it kind of introduced parents to the fun side of our community. If maybe these like older people were raised being told about the AIDS epidemic and uh, about the the drugs and sex that run rampant in our community, which 
God love the drugs and sex in our community. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do think, um, you know, my mom was always worried about my safety when I came out as queer to her. And I think that's just kind of a thing of the past. Like, you know, um, it's it's amazing where we've come. And then it's amazing where we can now go because of, of roles like Cam and Mitch, you know? <laughs> now we're yeah. being able to depict um, the, the wide rainbow of our community. I really enjoyed on Modern Family that um, the characters kind of evolved um, in relation to the gay conversation. Like Ed O'Neill's character early on in the show seemed to be more of like the typical boomer dad that had like issues with it and was uncomfortable with things. And then by the end of it, you know, he's like a metrosexual. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) P flag dad Um, was, was, uh, what was that like depicting that relationship between father and son? Um, a lot of, I think, the relationship between Mitch and Jay, played by Ed O'Neill on Modern Family, was, I don't want to say lifted from my own life, but it definitely, you know, there, there was, my dad had a hard time with my sexuality and, you know, asked me about four times, you know, I had to come out to him about four times, he would just casually, you know, forget. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I, I think that there's something really beautiful about telling that story about the struggle, because, you know, like I would always tell my dad, he, he would say, you know, I, I'm just, I'm raised to, to, uh, I'm, I've been raised a certain way and it's just harder for me. And I said, you know, dad, you're, you're a really intelligent human being. And I just feel like, you know, s- giving that excuse is like, this is how I was raised. is such a cop-out. I'm like, you have so much ability and room to grow and we all do. And like the evolution of people is what I love the most about people. I, I love it when people change and I love it when people grow and I love when other people influence them. And so I think that's, you know, the, the beautiful thing about being a human and being a compassionate human is that you can change and you can grow. Um, so I'm, my dad is so supportive now and, um, he's so wonderful and he's so proud of me. And I, I love that we could bring that story, that struggle to, to modern family, because I think it's very real for a lot of people. And it also, I think, you know, um, there were a lot of people who could relate to that, that emotion. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It, um, reminded me of my relationship with my grandfather, very similar where it like kind of started out like, um, I have no problem with you, but I have a big problem with the lifestyle. And then slowly over time, he realized that my life wasn't really going to change. You know, I, the person wasn't going to change because I was queer because I have always been queer, you know? (laughs) Um, when did you come out to your family? Um, well, it's a sort of a tricky answer because I, I feel like I definitely came out when my mom found the gay porn that was hidden in my room. <laughs> I felt like that's, that's clear enough. Like, why do I have to verbalize anything now? Like, it just seems like it's literally all laid out there. Literally. Um, <laughs> um, but it, it was, it was later. It was after I, I moved to New York and I was out of the house that I, I think I came out. I think she actually wrote me a letter saying, I know you're gay and you know, sort of like gave, like kind of pulled me out of the closet. But like I said, my dad, after he knew all this information and after my mom had told him that, you know, Jesse and I had a conversation and he's gay, like he would ask me if I had a girlfriend and I'd be like, dad, yeah, <laughs> why are you forgetting about this? Um, he, uh, so yeah, I, I was, I, I feel like, I, I truly feel like when I was caught stealing I, I basically shoplifted porn and I was caught by the Albuquerque police. And that's sort of what I feel oh, like no. is, that's what I, I feel like that's my coming out story, truly. Um, so was this after your big break in theater? Was this after you started um, working in the big times? No, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't paid to work. Well, I guess. It was probably right right before I, I got my first big gig that I actually officially came out to my parents. Um, and I think for them, it was, you know, they were thinking, it's already hard enough being an actor. You know, why make it harder by being gay as well? And like, you know, they, they thought, well, people aren't going to hire me for certain roles because I'm gay. And, you know, I was like, mom, dad, like literally all of Broadway is run by gay men. Like, don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> but do you feel working in TV, I guess with... Um, um, with your character being um, 
a character you could easily represent. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think that kind of fought against um, the fact that like being out in TV, you know, 12 or 15 years ago was still quite like difficult for a person to be, you know, given the same opportunities as a straight actor. Did you, did you kind of get to bypass that having landed a queer character? <laughs> well, I mean, before I played my, before I did Modern Family, I actually played a straight character on a sitcom called The Class um, that only ran one season. But um, it was a really sweet love story between this guy named Richie Belch, who was sort of suicidal, and this like quirky girl played by Heather, Gold- Heather Goldenhirsch. Um, and they were just sort of like a very wacky, strange, eccentric couple. And um, I was at that point doing press for the first time about, you know, being on the show, but also, you know, questions were coming up about my personal life. And I, I guess I was, I, I in some interview, I, I mentioned my sexuality and my, my friends were like, Oh, you, 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 you came out, you came out in that, that story. I was like, well, no, cause I never felt like I was in. So it didn't feel like a big deal. Like I didn't have like a, it wasn't like, you know, the, uh, an op-ed in like the New York times or like the cover of, you know, time magazine, like, yep, I'm gay. Like it was, it felt very, <laughs> it felt very quiet. And so <laughs> I think that um, for me, I've been lucky that I've gotten to play a lot of really interesting roles. And like, I just feel like, I do feel like it's getting better in the industry. And I think people are given more opportunity regardless of their, their sexual orientation. I think there's always way more room to grow. I think we, we have a lot of work still to do telling the stories of, um, you know, the, the trans community and, um, you know, the, I, I feel like there's just so many stories to tell. I feel like there's a lot of representation that we still need to, that we still owe our community. Yeah. But um, for me, you know, being a theater actor too, it's just, it's always a soft place for me to land where I feel like they're just <laughs> very understanding there and they yeah. truly give opportunity to lots of different people and different types. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a cool community to be a, to be a part of. Yeah. It's, it's great that you have that, um, that basis in theater before you moved on to TV. Um, I, uh, want to ask, um, as we talk about representation, you know, it's well known that your your co-star who plays Cam, Eric, um, Eric, whose last name escapes me, it's in my notes. Stone but Street. I, Stone Street. Stone Street. <laughs> a, a nice, powerful name. Isn't um, it? <laughs> um, so we know that um, Eric Stone Street is straight and plays even the Nellier, gayer character right, 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 <laughs> on correct. Modern Family. Um, but he has also been um, a wonderful ally to the community. Um, how do you feel about straight actors playing queer characters? It's complicated because, you know, I spent 11 years with an, a straight actor playing my husband. And I love Eric and I can't imagine anyone else in that part but him. And I do also wonder if like that, if Modern Family was being cast today, if that would happen. Like, I don't know if Eric would have been given up that opportunity. For me, what's important is that the opportunity is given to us. Um, I think that, you know, if I, I wanna see trans uh, people in the mix for trans characters. I, I, you know, when they're being offered directly to, you know, cisgender people, I just feel like, what's the point like we have to at least give opportunities to the people who to tell the stories of of their own lives and so for me that's what I think we need to work on more is just giving giving the opportunity for people people in the LGBTQ community to play those roles um you know it's 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 tricky I mean some of my favorite films um like I love Brokeback Mountain obviously those roles are played by by two straight dudes and I just wonder I wonder if that would happen today. Um, I don't yeah. know. I really feel like with almost everything, context is everything. Yeah. You know, I think I think um, the character of Cam is someone that could be accessed by multiple different people. Right. Um, so I don't know how important the sexuality of the actor is um, in portraying that character. But as you said, like, I don't want to see cis people portraying trans people because there are enough trans talent, talented trans actors out there to tell their own stories. And I think it's kind of like it's just a part of the evolution of the industry is, you know, 
I want queer people to be allowed to play straight roles. I don't want yeah. queer people to only have to play queer people. So I guess it's got to kind of be a two-way street, but it's really yeah. like context is everything. I think a lighthearted comedy, um, I'm less enraged by a, uh-huh. <laughs> by a yeah. straight man playing a queer character. I'll tell you what's really irksome to me these days is that now they're starting to write drag queen roles into television shows as drag queens are becoming a big part of our culture and uh, our mainstream culture. And what I see a lot in television is that there might be four drag queen characters in a TV show and three of those drag queens have one line or they're just background extras. And one drag queen character will have all the lines and they'll be played by an actor who's never done drag a day in their life. When we know, thanks to Drag Race, thanks to 13 seasons of Drag Race, that there are enough talented drag queen actors out there. Um, So it's all... it's a push and pull. It's a, it's a tug of war. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. And it's uh it's an interesting conversation that I've had with so many of my friends who are, you know, out gay actors and it's, you know, everyone has sort of a slightly different opinion about it. So it is interesting. <laughs> you, um, you mentioned coming out in the industry, you felt like you were never in. It's funny because that's the same thing that Reed Ewing um, said, who is another actor on Modern Family, um, a really sweet guy who plays Dylan. Do you think that? Um, uh, do you think that because because he is, for lack of a better term, straight passing, or, you know, because he's a tall, hunky dude that, like, people just naturally assume he's straight and that kind of we deal with, like, just assumptions of people. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, any time... I mean, that, that's that's half the business of being an actor is people assuming things about you, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so absolutely. I think, and you know, I don't, I didn't know that Reed was, was um, a part of the LGBTQ community until, you know, years into the show when he revealed that to me. And I think he was sort of quiet about it at first and was figuring it out for himself, which, you know, I can only imagine when you're that young and you're on such a huge project, you know, it's got to be terrifying to to think, you know, here I am with this big break and, you know, should I be open about my sexuality? Is it going to screw something up? I'm playing the love interest of, you know, the, the young, hot girl on, on Modern <laughs> Family. It's like, you know, I, I don't know what was, you know, what sort of emotions he was going through, but I think he's handled it all really beautifully and um, elegantly. Yeah. It's it's really such a great show with such a great cast and I know final... what you love on it. <laughs> it's no that is a tricky thing that is a tricky <laughs> thing because of course Nolan Gould has become this mega hottie in his adulthood but I also like watched him grow up on TV I know, so to I know. So to be like 10 years older than him and being like, wow, he is really attractive right now feels yeah. weird because I, <laughs> I was introduced to him as a literal child. So we're not going to dwell on that too much. But I did text you when the episode where he's like um, uh, a pool boy for a cougar at the country club. I was like, yes. why wasn't I called to play this role? <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> We based it off of you, Jenks. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and you did text me um, on one day on set because they w- had a drag show in an episode and the, the banner just said drag queen contest. Dra- dra- yeah, drag queen contest. <laughs> I laid into the writer. I was like, I have texted my drag queen friends and they are mortified <laughs> that you couldn't come up with a pun. It is called drag queen show or contest. <laughs> How dare you? (laughs) Um, The final thing I'll ask about Modern Family is, um, is it difficult working alongside Sofia Vergara um, when you're just like, how could you not just be mesmerized by her at all times? You know, (laughs) she's a a stunning, stunning human being and also just incredibly funny. Um, I remember uh, the 
you know, the, they had to recast um, my daughter in the third season because the babies who were playing the roles, you know, they you could tell that they were not happy being on set. And so we they they cast a, a young girl to to play my daughter and sort of like did a little bit of a jump in, in age as well. Sort of like you came back after the summer and all of a sudden she was walking and talking where before she was the baby, you know, the magic <laughs> of TV. But on her first week on the show, she was sort of confused as to what we were doing. And, you know, we were fake people living in fake houses and she didn't know what was happening we should know why we kept doing things over and over and over and I do remember in one of the first scenes Sophia was holding her and she just was playing with Sophia's boobs <laughs> just like fascinated by them she, her mom did not have the that that feature so she was just fascinated by these boobs <laughs> and like <laughs> Sophia I think even said to herself she goes I you're doing what everyone wishes they could do <laughs> Oh, there's, yeah, there are some people that it's like, um, I don't even know how I'd get any work done because I would just be standing there in, in amazement of them. Like, I think if I ever had to act alongside Fran Drescher, you know, having been raised on the nanny, I don't even know how I'd say anything. The closest I've ever been to this kind of a situation is I did a play reading with Kate McKinnon, who, and this was, this was at the beginning of her her rise to excellence. <laughs> and I had known her from the Big Gay Sketch Show back in the day. <laughs> um, so I was already obsessed with her. And we only had one scene where we had to talk to each other. But every day we would rehearse that scene. I would be like late delivering my line because I'd just kind of be staring at her in awe watching yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. so... I don't know. Um, being queer and working with queer icons sounds like probably one of the more difficult things <laughs> in the biz. <laughs> I want to know, now that you are a father in real life, IRL, um, did you feel like Modern Family was training for having a real baby? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I mean, the thing about having a baby on TV is when they cry or poop or anything, you know, like <laughs> someone else comes and handles it. And here in real life, in IRL, you're the one that has to handle it. So, I, I mean, I've always loved kids. I babysat um, before I was a successful actor. That's how I, you know, made, made my, paid my bills. Uh, I was, I was a manny. <laughs> you know the park, uh, and so I've I've always you know been really really good with kids, and you know on set when Aubrey was fussy or the babies were fussy in the first two seasons, Eric would always get very frustrated and have to like walk away from it, and I'd be the one <laughs> singing to them, calming them down. So you know I just feel like it's 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 I'm, it's built into me to be a nurturing person. Do you find the role you're playing in raising your child is similar to the role, um, the the daddy role in Modern Family? Are are you and Justin feeling similar um, uh, characteristics in raising uh, the child? <laughs> I mean, not not really. I do feel like Justin assumes that I'm going to be the really fun dad, and he's going to be the one that's like you know super strict. Um, and it's kind of reversing maybe a little bit. Like he's actually loosening up a little bit more than he expected to. And I'm the one that's like, watch his head. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's interesting, but uh, we're, we're a good team. We're good partners. So it's, it's it's working out so far. That's wonderful to hear. I absolutely adore Justin. He's, um, I feel like every time you two came to see our shows in New York, yeah. He was always the person I zeroed in on to yeah. um, to toy with in the audience because he's kind of like a um, he he's a like a what am I trying to say a, like a, a lighthouse yeah like a lighthouse like a <laughs> like a fly a fly zapper and I'm a moth too a really <laughs> a really handsome fly zapper yes <laughs> how did you and Justin meet we actually met at the gym in Los Angeles in <laughs> in. It was actually in the locker room, but we both had our clothes on. He was, he had just watched the pilot of Modern Family and um, he was studying for the bar. And so his, his friends were like, you got to watch Modern Family. It's so great. I know you need to like, you need to decompress your, your setting for the bar. Like just watch the show. It's going to help you like focus. So he, he was a real life Mitch. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
yes, an actual lawyer. Um, and I didn't even take college. So <laughs> he uh, he approached me and said, you know, he's he's grown up in L.A. So he sees people who are famous and he, you know, always steers away from saying hello to people. He doesn't want to like make anything awkward. But he said, I just have to tell you, I watched the pilot of Modern Family and um, I think it's going to do really amazing things for marriage equality and, um, you know, great job. And I was like, what's your name? How old are you? What do you do for a living? <laughs> He was, he's so handsome and um we ended up exchanging numbers and I asked him out on a date and he told me that he was actually seeing someone at that time but we could go out as friends and I said I ha actually have enough friends I don't need any more <laughs> friends so I <laughs> refused him that's powerful you know I think people people need to be reminded that um you're absolutely allowed to like cap your number of friends 100% <laughs> and so I uh I basically said no. And then we ended up, uh, we ended up not seeing each other for like four months. And then I ran into him again and I asked him how his boyfriend was. And he said that they broke up and I said, great, let's have dinner. So that's how we, uh, that's how we, our courtship went. That's, that's lovely. And then you two went on to be um, advocates for marriage equality in, in the States. Um, what was that like for you? Was that a passion project for you? Was it um, was it because you just desperately wanted to get married or? <laughs> I'd, I'd wanted to do something philanthropic. I uh, also love the fashion space. So I was wearing a lot of bow ties to to events uh, that I was all these fancy events that I was getting asked to go to in those early days of Modern Family. And I thought, what if I came out with a bow tie line? And Justin thought, well, let's like combine it with, you know, your desire to do something philanthropic and we get, we'll do this bow tie line and the proceeds will go to marriage equality and we'll call it tie the knot. It was basically all his idea. Um, again, he's a smarter of the two of us. And we, uh, we just had a really um, lovely, you know, five years basically working towards marriage equality and raising funds for the people who are sort of in the trenches doing that, the hard work. And, you know, after we, after we, one national marriage equality uh, in all 50 states, you know, we decided to keep keep raising funds to then protect those um, rights that we fought so hard for because, you know, they're still under a bit of attack. Um, oh, there's absolutely. A lot of, there's a lot of states where you can get married on a Saturday and lose your job on a Monday just for for marrying the person you love. So it's, you know, it's we're, we're in it for the long haul. Um, but yeah, we are very proud to have, um, you know, created this foundation <laughs> that we're really proud of and raise some money for, for marriage equality. Well, I'm proud of you and thankful having just um, married my partner in quarantine. We had a Zoom wedding. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Um, we are um, a very modern couple. Uh, <laughs> we've our, Both our grinder profiles say happily married, happily open. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, I uh, I remember um, uh, when we got marriage equality in the state of Washington, when I still lived in Seattle, um, it was the same year we legalized um, marijuana and decriminalized marijuana. And that was my go-to joke for everything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I said, we we legalized um, marriage equality and marijuana in the state of Washington. So you can expect to go to a lot of drag queen weddings where they walk down the aisle to Bob Marley. I thought I was so <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and now it's just like old hat. It's it's funny how quickly, because as you mentioned, like, you know, of course, um, as soon as we make progress, there are the willfully ignorant assholes in our country trying to push us backward. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's funny that like, you know, I guess that was in 2013 when we um, legalized it in Washington. And already I feel like I can't remember a time before it was legal. You know, I can't. It's hard to remember back when when the act of getting married was just completely illegal and denied to us. And I think that's um, the double-edged sword of, you know, where our community is right now, where there are a lot of queer people um, coming out really, really young now. So we've got like, you know, young teenagers, people in their 20s who probably 
don't have any memories or any strong memories of a time before marriage equality or mm. a time before representation on TV. And right. um, it's this weird double-edged sword because they they get to experience a life without that same kind of um, uh, discrimination. But then I worry that like they don't know how hard we fought for it and they don't right. know that it's still under attack. And um, what would you say to young queer people who are living their best lives um, with, with less knowledge of how, how hard fought that was? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that, that freedom to be open and who you are was, was um, that, that freedom came with a, with a big expense from people who held the doors open for, for, you know, the younger generation. And I think, you know, education and the, the history of, of what it means to be gay in America and, you know, anywhere in the world really is, is very, very important. And, you know, it's a privilege that we live in a country that, for the most part, it's, it's, you know, it goes without um, consequences. You know, it's like, you know, we're not in Russia where they're, they're literally hunting you know, members of the LGBTQ community down and, and murdering them. You know, we're, we're, we're lucky to not be in that situation. But I think, you know, just as like, I constantly remind myself, I need to be educated about the AIDS epidemic. I mean, I was living during it, but I wasn't, you know, um, sexually active. I was younger. And like, I really, when I have those opportunities to hear the stories from the people who lived in those years um, firsthand, it's, you know, I, I take those opportunities and I, I, I read the books that that are about that that time. And I, I watch the plays that like The Inheritance on Broadway recently dealt with um, the AIDS epidemic beautifully. Um, and it's just, it's a matter of, of educating yourself and, and being um, respectful for the people who held the doors open for, for us. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people hear the words educating yourself and they're like, oh, I have to watch documentaries or I have yeah. to read books. But there's like lots of powerful entertainment that also is part of the education. You know, like um, It's a Sin just came out and that's, right. um, you know, that's like, I, I, I just love that we're not done talking about it, but we are finding ways to make it accessible for younger people. Because I grew up post AIDS epidemic, but it was always a part of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, like to be queer and come out at 14 and start being sexually active in my teens, like there was never a moment where the looming threat of HIV and AIDS wasn't a part of my my understanding of my own sexuality. And now it's like, nowadays, everyone's sticking it wherever they want, you know? <laughs> it's like, we got prep now, so let's yeah. like do yeah. away with the old practices. But I just think progress is like that, you know? It's, um, we can celebrate and enjoy progress, but um, we always have to like keep mindfulness because it did happen relatively quick i mean it's happened in a short amount of time we've made a huge amount of progress in a short amount of time and by ah. making progress that oh giant dogs just coming home <laughs> i think by making progress quickly that's when we kind of end up here where it's like it's easy to forget that it was not not without its consequences not without its battles absolutely um, so thank you for your your contributions, not only as an advocate for marriage equality, but just being a positive representation of uh, of who we are and who we can be in in mainstream oh. media. I think that's doing God's work in queer terms. So. <laughs> My pleasure. I want to know, I know you're happily married, but do you have a celebrity crush? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. I mean, who is it going to... I have to pick just one? Is this what... <laughs> no, I never pick just one. And I pick a different... <laughs> I have a different one of every episode, so... <laughs> um, I'm... Oh, gosh. The, 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 the Duke from Bridgerton was, I mean so handsome i can't remember his real name and i i, I feel like i've done a huge the, the dude from bridgerton is what i've called him um also jeremy pope i don't know if you know who that is 
he is a Broadway actor who is actually just in Ryan Murphy's Hollywood. Um, he was nominated for Emmy, Emmy Award for that. And he's just an incredibly talented person. Um, I think he's just so handsome. Look him up, Jeremy Pope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think today I'll just um, go to my standby, Pete Davidson, um, Ooh, yes. who, <laughs> who's always on rotation in my crush list. I met him. <laughs> I met him once in an airport um, with another drag queen and um, she didn't know who he was. And he was three people ahead of us in the line at the Starbucks. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Pete Davidson. And I didn't want to bug him. You know, the airport is the last place I want to be approached because it's like such an aggravating experience every time to just go through the airport. Um, so he gets his coffee and he's walking away and the queen I was with just screams, Pete, <laughs> and brings, <laughs> brings him over to us, introduces me to him. And, and then also is like, but don't worry, she's not just some random person. She's a, she's famous, too. So you guys could actually be <laughs> friends. And I'm standing there mortified, but also just like happy that I'm like inches away from him. And then I tried to write a sketch about this for my SNL audition and decided not to audition as a writer because the sketch I ended up writing I thought was going to make Pete say no we can't work with this just very deeply uncomfortable (laughs) yes I mean I was leaning into the discomfort for the um for the humor of it but I was like is Pete gonna read this sketch and then think no this person clearly has an ulterior motive (laughs) so (laughs) I have to ask, um, so your uh, your uh, name, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, is kind of like your your stage name because there was already a Jesse Ferguson um, when when you hit the scene. Um, was it a weird adjustment having to, because I always call you Jesse Tyler. For the longest time, yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. was like a, a Southern thing that like <laughs> your name yeah, is yeah, Jesse yeah. Tyler. Jesse Tyler. <laughs> yes. Um, I... Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was never an awkward, you know, the thing is I could have just gone with Jesse Tyler, but I was deeply bullied in high school and grade school. And I really wanted people to, if I was famous and I was successful, I wanted them to know. So I was like, <laughs> I have to keep my last name. I liked the, the name Tyler, Jesse, I was named after my grandmother. So I was like, I, all of my names had, had significant meaning to me. And also I thought, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, Sarah Jessica Parker, like, yeah, it could work. It can work. <laughs> I've actually been working on a sketch that has your name in it because I've been working on a sketch of a yuppie mom who has just an endless supply of kids, but she's introducing her kids to her friends and their names are like, these are my twin boys, Patrick and Stuart. Oh, and then um, (laughs) these are three other sons of mine. This is Jesse and Tyler and Ferguson. (laughs) It's a really stupid sketch, but you're in there. Don't worry. I love it. I love it. Um, do you and Neil Patrick Harris cha- like exchange notes on that? You know, like being two famous queer people with three names <laughs> all the time. He's just on my speed <laughs> dial. It's interesting. You know, Neil is from Albuquerque as well, or grew up in Albuquerque. No way. And- yeah, and so we actually <laughs> competed for roles in community theater together. <laughs> and he always got the parts because at that point he was already. It was before Doogie Howser, mm-hmm. but post Clara's Heart, which is a movie he did with. Whoopi Goldberg. And so he was a small town celebrity and he would always get all the roles. I didn't even know. I saw Clara's heart when I was a kid. (laughs) I had no idea that was, that was Neil Patrick Harris. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then he just went on to take all the roles at the, at the Albuquerque Civic Light Opera. This is, this is circling back to something you said um, early on, but um, you said, I didn't have a, um, People magazine cover that said, yep, I'm gay. Do you yeah. remember that that was like the go-to? I remember three different covers where the the line was, yep, I'm gay. <laughs> they did That's it for right. Ellen. They did it for Neil Patrick Harris. There must and have been like a third one. Night, I feel like TR <laughs> Night also came out on People magazine. Just, yep, I'm gay. <laughs> yep, I'm gay. Do you do you regret not having a Yep I'm Gay um, People magazine cover? Do you feel like it's the one thing you've missed out on in life? <laughs> you know, after this conversation, I kind of feel gypped. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, we can fabricate you one. Um, I'll have my I'll have my um, Photoshop whiz fabricate you one, and we. Can... <laughs> 
Perfect. Yep, I'm gay yep, and I'm nobody gay. cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, <sighs> I just absolutely adore you, Jesse Tyler. Um, you've always been such a such a nice person and a patron of the arts. And I remember um, that night in Provincetown where we went out to see Varla's show. It was like the first time we hung out where it wasn't just right after one of my shows. Right. And it was the first time I was like, oh, like... They're welcoming me in to hang out with them. They're not just yeah. like exchanging pleasantries and post show and making, as a drag making queen, you, yeah, <laughs> making you sing for us and tap dance, yeah. dance for well, grandma. As a drag queen who's like you know um, wherever I am at on the celebrity hierarchy, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I'm so used to like getting welcomed into, or you know, I'll be a part of a show or an event or something or an award ceremony, and I always feel like I'm at the outer, the the ninth ring of hell, um, mm-hmm. like I'm at the outermost crest of the dressing room situation, <laughs> and they're like, oh, you can be in the VIP section, but you can't be in the VVIP section because we don't want drag queens bugging people so (laughs) exactly (laughs) that night we were bopping around Provincetown and I was a buzz and I was dressed as Betty Davis and I I turned to one of your friends and I can't remember what tear I was on but I was like isn't it funny that um you know Jesse Tyler Ferguson Neil Patrick Harris they're both gay they both have three names they're both married to someone named David and he was like yeah 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 but no 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 yeah Um, yeah (laughs) Jesse's husband's name is Justin and I thought you knew him and I was like I do I do I was just I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) and I was like don't ruin this jinx you're hanging out with cool people (laughs) pull yourself together jinx (laughs) well I appreciate you finding the time do you have anything you would like to plug or promote while you while you have this space (laughs) I wrote a cookbook that's right you did <laughs> i wrote a cook yes i wrote a cookbook it's called food between friends uh it's with i wrote it with my very good friend julie tannis and it's available to, to order wherever books are sold do you have a favorite recipe from the cookbook um there's a, a green chili chicken enchilada pot pie <laughs> it's delicious <laughs> is that does that count as fusion cooking chili yeah, chicken Chili chicken enchilada pot pie. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like the South meets the Southwest. Absolutely. Oh, we love South by Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, for being my extra special guest today. And thank you all for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at The Jinx on Instagram or Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And don't forget that's spelled J-I-N-K-X. You have to use the K because I paid extra for it. And K is very expensive. And I'll see you next Wednesday for more Hi Jinx. (laughs) Bye Jinx. Bye Jinx. Forever. To listen to Hi Jinx ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Hi Jinx five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi Jinx is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, produced by Big Dipper, editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.